We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, presented by Cooper's Brewing in Santa Rosa. If you like craft beer, go get you some. Cooper'sBrewing.com. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we have a 49ers-Rams game to preview. A little bit weird schedule this week because I'm going to a bachelor party, and I will not be around so normally the pod that'll drop friday you'll be getting it thursday but hey if it's thursday and you're like i'm not used to listening to this on thursday save it to friday it's your world man live it up it's good good all right yeah it's good blue wire hey this is george kittle and you're listening to candlestick chronicles Dominated the intro. It was, you got off to I'm a really happy long start it. and then sort of tailed off. Yeah, no, that's at, fine. At the end. It was a nice it's kind it, of like it, watching the 49ers on Sunday night. Oh, there you go. Um, sick brag about the uh, the bachelor party thing, by the way. That's cool. Yeah, we yeah, get it. You're friends. My buddy wanted to go to Disneyland. It was going to be crazy expensive. And he's like, is it lame if I copy you and we just go to San Diego? Like, no, doc. No, it's never lame to go to San Diego. I want to go to San Diego every day that I'm not in San Diego. <laughs> Every time I see the Chargers, I legitimately get emotionally hijacked that they no longer play in San Diego. Like San Diego, very clearly a top two or three city in the United States, in my opinion. Like it might be my favorite place just to go visit. And a lot of it is a pretty rocking spot. Some of my favorite people, my best friends, like live or have lived in San Diego. So I have very fond memories. But like it is obscene to me that a professional sports team would leave that place. But also, right. But you'd also understand if someone lived in San Diego, why they wouldn't be like, yeah, I got to get out to this Chargers game. No, for sure. But like (laughs) it, it speaks to, I mean, that whole dynamic with, you know, the owner wanting public money for a stadium and, and not getting along with the municipality and the local government and all that stuff. Like, that all speaks to what's wrong with 
modern sports owners and like sure. that whole dynamic. Sure. So yeah, I'm salty because I mean, as as somebody who covered the Niners, like every let's other, talk about the Santa Clara 49ers. For sure. But as somebody who covers the team, like every other year it was a trip to San Diego in August for preseason. Right. Salty. And now you have to settle for Los Angeles, which is far inferior. It I mean, it's LA is fine. I don't dislike LA. LA and San Diego are completely different places. But anyway, yes, Niners Rams. All right. Niners Rams, Monday Night Football. Um I want to start here. I because we've talked ad nauseum about the Niners problems and that. The Rams are sneaky, not great this year. Like not off to an awesome start. They're two and one. They got housed by the Bills on uh, on on Thursday night football in week one. They nearly tricked a, a huge lead against the Falcons, who were not very good in week two. And then and then just didn't look great in Arizona. And then they go in and beat an Arizona team that may or may not be good, but they just didn't look very good doing it. So sneaky slow start for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's just kind of funny how there are a lot of parallels to last year's Monday night game, right? Last year, 49ers lose at home to Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. They're three and five. It feels like it felt like at the time they were one foot over the cliff in terms of like the season being over. Maybe it's time to bench Jimmy Garoppolo and give Trey Lance some much needed playing time. And then I think, and Kyle Shanahan sort of hinted at it at the time. Like if they would have lost that Rams game and fallen to three and six, he might've considered playing Trey Lance at that point. Right. Right. Now I think things feel similar because it's less about them being one and two, but more about like what it's looked like. And the fact that the injuries are starting to pile up to the point where you get the feeling of kind of 2020-ish levels when they lost just about everybody. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they're missing half their team captains, essentially. Um, who We'll see if Eric Armstead returns this week. I think he might. Uh, but like Trent Williams, Jimmy Ward, Armstead, George Kittle missed two games. Um, he's back, obviously. But in terms of what it looks lo- looked like in Denver, it's fair to say that things might turn really sour if they lose this game at home and fall to one and three to your point, because the Rams don't look great. Like they look particularly beatable and that's a team that the 49ers have beaten in six straight regular season games. Right. And they've done it. I think that the biggest thing for me um, that, you know, the, the biggest reason to worry about this game is, you know, what the 49ers have done typically against the Rams is just dominate them physically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to dominate them physically with the way their offensive line's been playing, particularly without Trent Williams, right? Like, are they going to be able to push the Rams around and do what they want in the running game and make things easy for Jimmy Garoppolo in a way that they have when they won those six straight regular season games? Or is Aaron Donald and and all those guys along the Rams defensive front, which probably hasn't played as well as as they would have liked. There's some there's some numbers I got uh, I got saved for our pick six segment. Oh boy, sorry, our Cooperage our Cooperage six pack segment. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was a very obvious mistake on my part. <laughs> um, but 
you know, they're going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyler and Charlie just going to come hunt me down after that. Um, they, uh, the, the Rams defense just hasn't been what it was in terms of dominating up front. So I do wonder if, you know, it's, I do wonder if it's like going to be kind of a pillow fight that favors the 49ers still, but again, like it's really hard to feel confident about the 49ers given what we saw in Denver. On the other hand, there's always, not always, but uh, oftentimes in the NFL, teams snap back week to week. Like it just right. goes to the other side of the spectrum. Like they played so bad week before, they come back, play well again. We'll see. But I think if there's a silver lining here, it's like there's no game you'd rather have if you're the 49ers, given what the Rams have represented and given that like mm-hmm. it's a team you have to get up for. You know, if it would be if it would have been Arizona this week, like I think that would have been a little bit and this sounds crazy, but I think it would have been a tougher spot for them to emotionally get up for the game and have that like verve you need to have. But when it's the Rams, given the you know sort of rivalry that they've had and the way they've beaten them, it's it seems like more of an opportunity to get right than against a lesser team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think I think that's probably right. And especially against a team that that beat him in the NFC title game, there's an emotional lift they'll get. Just from I mean, being home, knowing that they did this last year where they got into a tough spot early. Obviously, three and five is is a little bit different than one and two. But yeah, this isn't a team they're gonna they're gonna overlook because they're facing the Falcons next week, you know. I don't I don't I'm not super worried about that. And the 40, the, look, I work in sports talk radio in San Francisco and 95, seven, the game I'm a producer. I don't talk about it a lot, but <laughs> the takes this week have been wild, wild fire. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel was the real genius the whole time. What has Shanahan ever done? Well, uh, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo now, see what Brock Purdy's got. It has been insane. And it's like the Niners offense isn't as bad as it was on Sunday night in Denver. They didn't play particularly well. And Denver's defense is good. I don't think we're going to look at this Niners team in six weeks and go, wow, in their last six games, they've scored 80 points. I just don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. And this is a, a Rams team that the 49ers have figured out ways, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins. Remember that game in 2017? Brian Hoyer lit up the Rams in, in a like 45-44 game. They probably would have won if Trent Taylor didn't get called for a, a wild-ass offensive, offensive pass. In yeah, an OPI. That was a Thursday night game. I remember that game yeah. being super fun for a weird Thursday nighter. Yes. And... I just, I, I mean, the Niners offense isn't as bad as it was on Sunday night. And this is a team that Kyle Shanahan has consistently figured out how to how to move the ball against. And the game I go to, and you bring up a good point about the offensive line, because it's going to be Colton McKivitz at left tackle and, and um, it was Colton McKivitz at left tackle and it's going to be, you know, Aaron Banks at left guard and it might be Daniel Brunskill, the Aaron Donald killer at center. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but you're gonna have Jake Brendel or Jen- Daniel Brunskill at center and don't, Spencer don't, Burford or Daniel Brunskill at, at right guard. What? Don't telegraph your picks for the Cooperage 
six pack. It's my first pick today. So okay. all right. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to your right tackle. But you remember the 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 home game against the Rams in 2020, after Jimmy Garoppolo had had the high ankle sprain and he came back, and they get housed by the Dolphins and then come back the next week at home against the Rams and, and won. In that game, Jimmy Garoppolo attempted 33 passes. 25 of them were less than 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. That was a primetime game, too. Yes. So three straight games and what? Four out of six years. Is that right? Four out of five years, they've had primetime home games against the Rams. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So in that game, remember, it was a lot of Debo Samuel the the little pop pass little touch passes it was a lot of screens it was your favorite thing it was a lot of screens so jimmy garoppolo in that game had a where is it hang on um on 10 passes behind the line of scrimmage had an a dot of negative 5.1 on 10 throws behind the, like that's wild a dot average depth of target uh, for people who aren't nerds, his his which makes way more sense than just classifying those as running plays. Anyway, let's go. His his a dot for the entire game was four point eight, four point eight. Like that's that's pretty unbelievable. And I think that his his deepest throw of the game was that one down the middle, of that long touchdown to George Kittle, where they got Kittle open in the middle of the field. And that's just something that Kyle Shanahan has pretty consistently done against the Rams, and. It's why they've been able to negate the Rams pass rush to an extent is because they figured out a way to manipulate the Rams linebackers and get Debo Samuel open in the middle of the field, get George Kittle open in the middle of the field and let those guys run after the catch. And that's why I'm confident that despite what we saw on Sunday night and despite the avalanche of the massive overreactions, the Niners are going to figure out a way to move the ball a little bit against the Rams. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I do want to say, and this is just sort of a bigger picture thing. I agree with everything you said. I think the 49ers should feel good given their history against the Rams and a lot of that, those details with what you said, like 100% correct. I've talked a lot about, you know, this summer and, and leading into the season, like the faith I have in the 49ers, just sort of organizational foundation, right? The, like the continuity thing. And I think what I might've overlooked was part of that is just the entire new offensive coaching staff. Right. Right. Like basically everybody except for Chris Forrest or the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator is new. And there was a massive amount of brain drain on the coaching staff and it's not an excuse, but I think, what I didn't factor in early in the season, and which makes sense for for Jimmy Garoppolo too, because he didn't participate in training camp or really any of the offseason program. Like there's a transition the team is currently going through. Hmm. It's not the same coaching staff, the same voices, the same day-to-day operation um, because everybody's new. You know, like it's new tight ends coach, new receivers coach, new running backs coach. Um you know, new quarterbacks coach, like every, every single position coach on the offensive side is new. And then you throw in the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't participate in training camp or the preseason. And you look at it and say, all right, if there's a reason the 49ers offense is going to struggle, like you could point to that. And again, this isn't an excuse. A lot of people just as, as an aside, an aside from an aside, 
a lot of people talk about excuses like there's a very clear delineation between reasons and excuses. Like you can talk about the reasons why something went wrong and people are like, oh, that's just an excuse. It's like, no, I'm trying to like dive right. into context of why things aren't going well or right. whatever. Anyway, but it's a real thing when you have an entirely new coaching staff and players who haven't played for that coaching staff. And in Jimmy Garoppolo's case, you know, heading into last week, he had exactly three practices as a starting quarterback with a new coaching staff. So, yeah, we can talk about the 49ers foundation and, and continuity and all of that. But I think I overestimated the continuity aspect of it without thinking hard enough about the fact that these are entirely new coaches for the most part on the offensive side. Right. And and just to kind of piggyback off that. These are people that Shanahan hasn't spent decades with right decades, but but years with. Where a guy like Mike McDaniel, it's fourteen is, years as Shanahan assistant, is going to help problem solve in a way that maybe Chris Forrester can't or doesn't or Shanahan doesn't trust to yet. So I definitely think there's something to that as this season goes on. Um, I heard a lot of references to like the Niners' run offense being stale. And they're sixth in the league in rushing yards right now, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. Also, um, it looks stale when the blocking stinks. Right. That's that's so that's kind of the the next the next point here is if you're gonna, I, I think that the coaching staff will figure it out. Um, Shanahan problem solving. I have all the faith in the world that Kyle Shanahan will figure that out, but. I think if there's a critique to be made of, of the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and whoever else, it is the fact that they're sitting here in week four and like Daniel Brunskill possibly coming back is this like huge boon for their offensive line. <laughs> like league average offensive lineman returns. <laughs> right. That's not a knock, that's not a knock on Daniel Brunskill, but the fact that it's like, it's like, oh, Brunskill's back. Where are they going to put him? is like that's an issue right so if it was their line's great they could use a little upgrade at right guard and brunskill you know what he's an upgrade okay but the fact that he could be an upgrade at center a position that he didn't necessarily thrive at and at right guard where he was spectacularly average that's a that's a that's a pretty big issue for the 49ers and now they're down trent williams and they're going to go to a guy in colton mckivitz who started against the rams last year in week 18 and and was fine but still gave up a couple sacks and now you have a quarterback, and again, these are all dominoes that are falling. And now you have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't do well under pressure and doesn't have a guy blocking his blind side that he knows, like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. And so I think if there's a critique of the Niners, of the Niners front office and their and and Kyle Shanahan, I think it's that. I think it's not doing more to address their offensive line this season when they knew, hey, second round pick Aaron Banks not great last year. Couldn't even get on the field. They put a lot of faith in him. They, they put a lot of faith in a, in a right guard and center battle that never really came to fruition because Dan Brunskill got hurt. So that's, that's the critique I have. And earlier this year, when we were doing our hottest 49ers takes, I said, the offensive line's fine. Like it's going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. Well, they're not going to figure it out. If they're, consistently running into issues where they can't run on first down without getting into second and long. I, that's going to become a problem for them. 
Well, also saying the offensive line is going to be fine is hugely contingent on having 71 at left tackle. Right. That's true. But they weren't great. I mean, they weren't great Sunday night in Denver. Like they weren't trending the right way. Right. So, yeah, I, I just I, I think when when you look at this offensive front and you, you start blaming Kyle Shanahan for things, which, again, has been a big topic in Sports Talk Radio this week. um. I I think that's where the larger critique should should be. Sure. Um Jimmy Garoppolo when kept when kept clean this is this season. Uh according to Pro Football Focus has a 107.4 passer rating, which is good. It's really good. Averages um 8.4 yards per attempt. Completes 64% of his throws. Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure, 24.4 passer rating. Oof. He's 6 of 11, no touchdowns, a pick. Um, obviously a small sample size, but it sort of confirms what's been true about Jimmy Garoppolo really his entire career, or at least his entire stint with the 49ers, is that his numbers drop precipitously when he's okay. under pressure. Can I give you can I give you real quick his numbers from last season, his full season numbers? Please. 70.4% completion rate when kept clean, nine yards per attempt. Now keep in mind, real quick, every quarterback sees their numbers dip a little when they're under pressure. Yeah, like, absolutely. Playing under pressure is tough. But Garoppolo's numbers drop a lot. So 70.4 completions when clean under pressure, 55.9% completion rate. Nine yards per attempt, clean 6.7 under pressure. Passer rating when clean, 103.7 under pressure, 68.2. Do you have those numbers pop pass adjusted? No, I don't, but I've got col- <laughs> I've got colors for you via PFF. <laughs> oh man. Um, when when clean, 91.3 is his is his overall grade. That's blue. That's cerulean. Blue. That is blue is what you want. That is, oh, we're talking about San Diego. Looks like the water in San Diego, Doc. On a sunny day. Because you can get pressure, some gloom. You can get some, like, you know, June gloom in San Diego and the water yeah, no doesn't doubt. look great. But when the yeah. sun's out, it's a nice, it's a different blue. Right, right. Under pressure, overall grade 26.3. That's red, dark red. Total devastation. <laughs> <laughs> the reddest. Um, so that's, that's what he goes from elite to shouldn't probably be in the league. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, real quick before we get to pick six, do you have any lip reading takes? Do you do you want to like try to guess what he said and who he said it to? <laughs> so, yeah, I actually do have lip reading takes. Do you know why? Because I work in sports radio and we've done five hours on this the last two days. I hate this topic so much, but I do want to talk about really it. Really wild. The the wildest thing is, you go, are you a professional lip reader? Well, no, but okay then, <laughs> like. I could make him say anything. The one I had a, I no big deal. I had a tweet blow up. Um, I said, European salt mask is a little bit what it looks like. He says, but here's my, my actual take jokes aside. The original video was posted with your place suck, man, as the quote, right? I could easily see and make the case that he says you plain suck, man. Like you can make the case for anything, right? It's all speculation, but, right? No, but right, right, you can make the case for anything. But if you're looking at those two things and you're trying to frame it as like, Hey, what did he actually say? He said, your play suck, man. Wow. Look at that tension. Kyle Shannon, and Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Garoppolo knew he played like ass on Sunday and did the thing. You brought this up. You do it when you golf all the time. You suck at this game. Why do you play this game? Like I, I, I say that if there's 18 holes, I say that 27 times around. I say the worst the worst things that ever come out of my mouth, I say to myself on the golf course when I play poorly. Right. And Jimmy Garoppolo just as easily could have been talk, like yelling at himself in the way anybody else does while they're playing golf or doing anything else. Right. And then, but also it's like, oh, NFL quarterback just threw a back-breaking pick in a game and now he's upset about it. And say, it's like, it's just a huge leap to say, oh, he was obviously talking about Kyle Shanahan and there's obviously friction. Well, and the and the and the discourse around it changes so much if if it goes from whoa, tension with Garoppolo and Shanahan, which like, of course, Shanahan tried to get rid of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're probably not besties. But on the other hand, if he did say you playing suck man, well, okay, now it's a nothing burger. So it's either holy crap, look at this, this, this evidence of tension in the 49ers locker room or oh guys frustrated himself kyle shanahan cost jimmy garoppolo over 20 million dollars this year (laughs) yes just uh, that fact alone yeah like there's There's beef there's There's a little beef there's probably a significant portion of jimmy garoppolo that hates kyle shanahan's guts (laughs) yes but understands that like all right well he's my coach i gotta have to i have to listen to him i have to play for him like it's but there's no doubt about it kyle shanahan has cost jimmy garoppolo an obscene amount of money while also also being responsible for jimmy garoppolo making over 100 million dollars with the 49ers 31 teams i'll make it 32 32 teams get to line up and either have Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan for free. 
How many teams are taking Jimmy Garoppolo? Zero. The answer is zero. No, I think the the Washington professional <laughs> commanders would take Garoppolo over the, Shanahan. Yeah, the Washington football commanders would definitely... <laughs> the Washington commander team would definitely take... <laughs> Would definitely take Garoppolo over Shanahan. You're right, but I think that's it, though. That's it. Gar- Garoppolo saying Shanahan's plays suck is like when I'm watching golf and I'm like, "Oh wow, Bryson, bad shot." Like, who cares? Also, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, here's the thing, though. I want to make sure we say this. Jimmy Garoppolo's is no. Is Jimmy Garoppolo a better quarterback than you are a golfer? Yes, because he's a professional quarterback. Right. Okay, I just wanted to make who sure. He gets paid millions of dollars. Okay. Right. Okay. The equivalent, like, I would have to be on the PGA Tour for that to to be like a... Yeah, and like and like winning a little. Like, you have to be yeah. relevant on the PGA Tour. Well, in order to stay on the PGA Tour, you have to you know, right. play at a certain level. So, yeah, right. you would okay. have to be... No, I'm... I'm like the equivalent of, like, an adult who plays in some, like, seven-on-seven rec league. <laughs> sure like i might be a single digit handicap so maybe that's like a really good adult league seven on seven quarterback not really good but like a good competitive seven on seven adult league flag football quarterback right like there's some guys that maybe played in college in that league. right there's like a, tr- a tournament in like vegas where like if you if you win a section tournament somewhere else you get like invited to if you if you got enough <laughs> like fundraising to go i might be like the golfer equivalent of somebody who plays on that Type sure. of team. but no incredibly <laughs> specific <laughs> well yeah, it was quarterback versus golf so yeah that's no totally um but yeah the lip reading thing's dumb it's just speculation and it's set like people people just love to figure out ways to go viral on the internet and they that guy will, nailed it they will yeah that guy <laughs> nailed it i'm sure there are other there are other people who've nailed it and that's that is their entire goal is to get their followers up to get some clout when it's all speculation. Like, you know, hey, no problem. Like, nope. ask, ask, Jimmy clout, what he, ask Jimmy what he said. Like people are saying, ask Jimmy what he said. You know, and we're recording this Wednesday. Jimmy's not going to speak to the media until Thursday. I'm sure someone will ask him. I promise he doesn't remember genuinely. Or he's just not going to tell the truth. So it doesn't matter even if he is asked. Right. Yeah. What if he did? He's like, I hate Kyle's playbook. That's why I didn't have one. They all suck. Right. Hey, like, that's, can I, what, what are people expect? Jimmy's like, yeah, I was MFing Kyle. Like, obviously, right. you guys are all right. right. <laughs> There's huge beef. Like, he's not going to say that. I actually followed the guy that put out the video. I got him some clout. <laughs> hey, real quick. Can I, can I deliver a scorching hot Jimmy Garoppolo take? Let's do it. This might be the hottest take I've ever given on this pod. Jimmy Garoppolo is too short. And not the rapper like he's no, I know not the rapper. I know okay, too yeah. short. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely not too short. Right. I've seen him in the same building at the same time. Right. He's six two. Can Jimmy Garoppolo are we certain Jimmy Garoppolo can see over his offensive line? Is that why he throws so many interceptions like just to linebackers in the middle of the field? Because he literally can't see them. And that's why old Kyle Shanahan's plays suck. <laughs> a lot of in-breaking routes that Garoppolo can't see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm with you on this one. Sorry. You'll come around. 
I have your back on all things, just maybe not this take. Instead of asking stupid questions like, what did you say in this video where we're all trying to lip read? Ask if he can see over the offensive line. Sure. Okay. That would explain a lot. Sure. I was... um. <laughs> Never mind. I had a too short story, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Perfect. We have to get to our Cooper's six pack anyway. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Oh, Tyler, hit the thing. Tyler, do the thing. Did we have an intro for it? Shout out to Tyler. Does that button still work? Our our ace producer, who just does such a great job. We could send him audio at any time of the night, and it's always up the next morning. It's uh, it's unbelievable. We did one recently where we got we went super late, and I was like, "That's eh, okay if that doesn't get up till later." And then, sure enough, I got in my car at five thirty in the morning, and there's new candlestick chronicles. Like, oh, crazy! I subscribe to my own podcast. What do you want from me? Gotta get those numbers up, bro. Totally, dude. I should um I subscribe. I haven't rated or reviewed. I have done that. No, that I I have not done either of those things. Five stars. These guys are just the coolest. Shout out, Tyler. (laughs) All right. You have the first pick this week. Cooper six pack. I I have I have the first pick this week. I think we get a I I kind of think the 49ers are gonna win. And I think they're going to do so on or behind a like generational Nick Bosa type of performance because the Rams offensive line, their two starting tackles have given up 19 combined pressures in three weeks. That's not great. So I think Nick Bosa is going to have a monster game and Matthew Stafford is not the most mobile dude. And I, I just, I could see two or three times where where Bosa just blows past an offensive tackle and, and comes up with a sack. So I could get a multi-sack game from Nick Bosa on prime time. Niners get a win, and we get the Nick Bosa DPOY chatter started. So the 49ers pressure opposing teams, and this is according to Pro Football Reference, 36.5% of passing plays. Good Lord. That's the best in the NFL. That's outrageous. Do you know what their blitz rate is? It's 14. It's 14 in the NFL. It's not the lowest. It's 14.6%. It's the third lowest. Golly, man. So they pressure quarterbacks, albeit against, you know, not awesome offensive lines in two of their three games. Right. Um, They pressure at the highest rate while blitzing at one of the lowest rates. And Nick Bosa, obviously is the most important player when it comes to those stats. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, Andrew Whitworth, longtime Rams tackle, just, like, gushes about Nick Bosa nonstop. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's played against really every pass rusher in the NFL (laughs) for the last... Dating back to 1984. Yeah, he's been in the league since 1968. It's kind of wild. Retired now, but... um, No, I'm with you. Bosa is a good pick every week. Really? Right, right. 
Right, but I made him the first pick this week because the Rams have really, really struggled to replace Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, and there's like what we haven't had yet is like a game changing Nick Bosa strip sack, right? Like we haven't had like right. a forced fumble that, you know, like really changes the game. That was another sneaky thing. Niners turned the ball over three times in Denver, but didn't get any takeaways despite the Broncos fumbling three times. All three of those bounces were just brutal. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I like to treat the Cooper six pack, say this every time we do it, you know, guys that tell the story of the game, good or bad, mm-hmm. right? Like this guy's sure. either going to be good and it's going to help tell the story of the game or this guy's going to suck and it's going to be problematic. I have no idea if he's going to be good or if he's going to suck. So I'm going with Colton McKivitz because if he's good, if Colton McKivitz is good and both in run blocking and pass protection, 49ers are going to have a great chance of winning. Colton McKivitz is bad, and Jimmy Garoppolo is pressured. We went through Jimmy Garoppolo's pressured stats. Then the Niners are probably going to lose. So Colton McKivitz is my pick here, just because I think his game is super important to defining the story um, of the game. One thing that I think is very positive potentially for the 49ers, talking about pressure rates, the Rams, according to Pro Football Reference, are the Worst pass rush in the league in terms of pressure rate. Man. 11.4%, which is wild considering they have the best defensive player of a generation playing defensive tackle. So I don't know, you know, what one thing that we don't know, like are the, is the Rams pass rush just really bad or has it been underperforming and they're going to revert to the mean at some point? Mm-hmm. And if they do revert to the mean, maybe the Niners offensive line gives them that opportunity, given sure. how poor it's looked at times. Um, so that's why McKivitz is my pick, like because he's stepping in for Trent Williams. If he's good or at least serviceable, the Niners are going to have a much better chance than if he's bad. Um, and that that I think will tell a huge that that will be a huge indicator in terms of how this game goes. Yeah. Yeah, if if McKivitz is even average, like I think I think they're going to be okay. But I do think, like we talked about earlier, we're going to see a game plan that aims to take some of the onus off the offensive line. Right. Not a lot of long developing plays. Maybe we see Garoppolo move a little bit. Some designed rollouts. Remember what the remember what the Rams actually did to the 49ers late in the 2019 season when they played at Levi Stadium. And it was a lot of Jared Goff just moving around because the Rams that year weren't very good. It was their, their year off the Super Bowl. And yeah, like every play was like a rollout. Yeah. And the Niners just had nothing for it. And I think they ended up winning that game like 33 31 or something, something like that. Um, that was the game Garoppolo converted the two third and crazy longs at the end to set up the. Yeah. Manuel Sanders and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. The third and eight, two third and 18s on the same game winning drive. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah. So I always knew Jimmy Garoppolo was clutch. You've often said that. Um, <laughs> it's easier for him to make the, the deep throw because on the longer drops, he can actually see over the line. So <laughs> it's funny because like Jimmy Garoppolo is taller. He's taller than I am. So it's hard for me. And I'm he's like, six I'm not two, short. dog. Yeah, I'm not short. So like, yeah, but if your offensive line is six, four and taller. Look, bro, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. So like, okay, anyway, I don't want to argue with you on this take, but 
Like half the quarterbacks in the league are are suddenly need to be replaced based on this take. I'm dying on a hill that nobody's trying to kill me on. Uh, Sure. That's true. That's that's true. You're all alone on this, like in a good way. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. So in the same vein as McKivitz, I'm going to pick Diamador Lenore, whose assignment for whose assignment for most of the night is going to be Cooper cup in the slot. And I, I want to I want to phrase this correctly because I don't want to make it sound like there's anybody available in the league that can shut down Cooper Cup, and if there is, he's on the Rams. <laughs> Niners are idiots for not signing whoever that is to stop J- Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think that's probably the list. I don't want to disparage a different really good corner, but anyways, doesn't matter. Jeff Okuda, your guy. Oh, so <laughs> so. Diomedo Lenore got the start last week. The Niners really struggled to cover Cooper Cup last year. Like, like not every team did, but it was anytime the Rams needed anything, it was Cup. It was just easy work out of the slot. So what does Diomedo Lenore look like? He was he was very good against Denver, but Denver's passing offense, not super prolific. They have zero players who are even in the stratosphere of Cooper Cup as a wide receiver. So I'm fascinated to see what Diamador Lenore looks like in his first kind of marquee big time matchup in prime time as the starting slot corner. Um, because that could really, if he's, if he can do even a little bit, it could go a long ways towards slowing, slowing LA down. I'm with you hundred percent. I think that's a really good pick for all the reasons you laid out. I'm low key devastated just by the fact that my Samuel Womack take lasted like two weeks. But that's a, okay. But that's, <laughs> we, didn't we talk about that on the last pod? Like Womack was fine. The Niners just, I know. Lenore was playing I better. Was just, that's crazy. I was just really proud of it. I was like, Sam Womack, he's the, he's the next fifth round pick dude that like is, is going to be good. He's going to start as rookie. I think he's going to play good. well. No, I, I'm not saying he's not, but now he's just special teams guy. It's, right. it's devastating. It's fine. I'm sorry, man. I'll get over it. So good. Um, if you're gonna leave Sammy Womack Island, there's room on Jimmy Garoppolo's too short island. <laughs> Just let me know what the property value is like. Uh, on, a lot on of that. rocks on this beach. <laughs> um. All right. I'm I'm going since I went McKivitz. Uh, I'm going back to chalk. I'm going with Fred Warner, and a lot of this stems from having similar reasoning to to you in terms of having to slow down Cooper Cup. What the 49ers tend to do is bracket a team's best receiver, particularly when that team's receiver is really the only guy that you're super worried about. Um, and given how much Cooper Cup's going to be in the slot and being in the middle of the field, a, the guy that's going to do a lot of that bracketing along with Lenore is Fred Warner. And we know that Warner is probably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. Um, and I believe he did. He have an interception last year. I know he no, picked Jared was, Goff in the 2019, 2019 game. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Ward had one. Jimmy Ward had two. Jimmy Ward had two. Yes. Yeah. The Jimmy Ward had six two. And the deep one. There is a pretty good chance, I think, that Fred Warner comes away with a pick in this game. Um, and so I just. You know, if obviously the 49ers get turnovers, that's going to be huge in the outcome of this game. If Fred Warner gets one, um, 
you know, wouldn't surprise me at all. He's arguably the best middle linebacker in football. The Niners have been really good against the run in large part because of Fred Warner also. Uh, so Warner's a pick and I feel, I feel pretty good about it. It feels like we haven't had a super impactful Fred Warner game yet this year. And I well, like according the, idea to the internet. He was amazing in, in Denver, which I agree with, by the way, that there were just been a lot of Fred Warner clips getting thrown around like Fred Warner in coverage, even though it wasn't like a, a turnover or whatnot. Yeah. He, he punched the no, ball for sure, but th- that's true. Okay. I stand corrected. Fifth pick, my final pick. I'm going way off the board. <laughs> I'm picking Jordan Chansky. Mason. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Wow. Because... As you sit here and you look at what the 49ers might do in terms of fixing their run game or saucing up their run game or throwing a curveball that maybe the Rams aren't expecting, who better to do that than the player with five career snaps and one career carry? So I'm, I thought Mason and his one carry against one looked really good. He was explosive, he looked fast. And if the 49ers have anything that they can throw at the Rams that maybe the Rams aren't quite ready for or haven't quite game planned for, I think they're going to do it because they need to do something that's going to allow them to run the ball more than 19 times, which is what they did in Denver, including seven times in the second half. So I think that curveball is Jordan Mason. Maybe he doesn't carry it 12 or 15 times, but eight or 10 carries. I think he can be effective. I think it can be a little change of pace that, the Rams aren't ready for, and that isn't Debo Samuel. So it's a gamble because he might get zero carries, but I think there's a chance that Jordan Mason gets some touches and has an impact. Bang. Jordan Mason, a.k.a. the curveball. I appreciate your willingness to think outside the box. I also think there's a really good chance that you just cost yourself the week in terms of winning the Cooperage pick six for week four. That's okay. But it's a big swing. It's a big swing. It is because there's a good, there's a chance that it might also win me the week. If he goes eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, I'm going to feel great about it. Sure. But you also don't know who my last pick is. So I feel great about in terms of helping me out winning this week. I have no idea okay. what our record is so far. Actually, no, we only did it once. You're one and oh. I'm one and oh. Okay. I'm feeling okay about two and oh. Um, no, I look, I don't hate the pick. I definitely think the Niners could use a shaking up of the offense, and Jordan Mason would certainly qualify. Mm-hmm. Don't hate it. Uh, last pick for me, I'm going to go with a guy named Debo Samuel. Ever heard Ever of him? Ever heard of him? <laughs> um, Debo Samuel kills the Rams. Like he's better against the Rams than really any other team. Uh, he has five touchdowns in his career against the Rams. The next team is Seattle with three touchdowns. Um, but like you look through his numbers, obviously his numbers are going to be better against divisional opponents, but like his numbers across the board, he has the most rushing yards, the most touchdowns, the most receiving yards the most receptions, the most rushing attempts versus the Rams and any other opponent he's played. So literally like the Rams are the team that he's best against, like unequivocally. 
And if Debo Samuel has like a two touchdown game, one on the ground or a pop pass and one through the air, like nobody's going to be surprised. Right? right. Even like what might be surprising if, if one of the touchdowns, like a 80 yard bomb, which Jimmy Garoppolo missed an opportunity to have, or at least once in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Debo because if the 49ers win, there's a pretty decent chance that Debo is doing something in the end zone at some point on Monday night. Um, and he's a Jordan brand athlete now officially. So, you know, maybe that matters. Great point. Maybe <laughs> it does. He had, uh, his, his 14s he wore in week two were, were pretty amazing for They were cleats, but they were, you know, if you're a Jordan guy, I'm not like a huge Jordan guy. I have some, but I'm, I'm not like a, you know, I'm, I'm like a recovering sneakerhead, I guess. Um, but if anybody has the plug on Jordans, I wear a 10 and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm 13. Not a big shoe guy. I'm 13. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Don't we have to go? <laughs> yeah, we, we do have to go. I just, you know, it's a it's a good Biggie Smalls line. That's all. Um, so, okay. I'm reading It Was All a Dream by Justin Tinsley right now, by the way. The oh, awesome. Biggie biography. It is incredible. Let me borrow really? that when you're done, please. Okay. Um, all right. So you went Bosa. I went McKivitz. You went Lenore. I went Fred Warner. You went Jordan Mason. I went Debo Samuel. I'm big hipster this week. I'm gonna wear a flannel. Yeah, you you got you got like IPA froth all over your beard and like your flannel and everything. Like oh, yeah, you're for full sure. on hipster with the Jordan Mason thing. Yeah. I respect it though. I thought you were gonna go when you said off the board, I thought you were gonna go Mitch Wisnowski. After I don't think he's gonna top last week's performance. Last week's performance was a masterpiece. Okay. So yeah, you're not you're not buying when the stock's at its highest. No, 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 no. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And That's he's not fair. in Denver now. Eh, just... Yeah, the elevation is going to be different. Sure. sure. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you think Debo Niners... Samuel had a sneaky, by the way, real quick, just to... five for 73 in the first half in Denver. Like yeah. he was on his way to having a monster. Game. I just, I, I like the Debo pick because I think Shanahan is going to, or Garoppolo or both are going to make a concerted effort to get Kittle and Debo and Ayuk involved in the offense this week, however they can, just because they were so quiet in the second half last week. It's a sneaky, like pretty cool thing for Debo that he plays the best against a team with the best corner in the league. Yes. Like that's kind of tight. If you're, you know, yeah. Uh, Prediction, prediction. We're going to see a trick play. Oh, Kyle Shanahan in, in December desperation mode. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's like a crazy like Debo pass type of play, mm-hmm. but weird like reverse or something something like that. Okay. I don't hate it. I I don't hate it. It it might take something like that to yeah. beat the Rams. Um prediction, you think the Niners win? Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Neither of us took Jimmy Garoppolo in the pick six. It's like a pretty obvious pick. Like Jimmy, if Jimmy throws three picks and they lose, we'll be like, yeah, we, we should have picked. He ran out the back of the end zone. Before throwing a pick six. Before throwing a pick six. Like I'm not, no thanks. Not this week. But in terms of like the story of the game, he's the, he's always the guy. Sure. You know, defining when he and the George outcome. When he and George Kittle can link up for more than four catches and 28 yards. They can get back into the conversation. No, we just, I mean, I know we just approach this very differently. That's all. Um, okay. Good pod. You think the Niners win? Look, I'm wrong a lot. I'm fine with that. 
Subscribe rate review. I, despite it being the Rams and despite their history, I just have a hard time believing in what's happening with them right now. And I, I'm, I would be concerned. Put it that way. Yeah, I'm not sure the Rams are good, and maybe this is a like Rams in case you forgot game, and the Niners lose by 20, and we're like, oh, what happened in Denver might just be who the Niners are. I don't think that's the case though. And I think the more likely outcome is the Niners get back to two and two. And the national talking point coming out of Monday night is, are the Rams okay? Right. That's that's kind of what I think it's going to. Yeah, I, I could totally see that happening. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I just wonder if like we're two or three weeks away from seeing the 49ers rebound instead of like. Mm, interesting. Instead of, you know, them being able to rebound just a week after what happened. We'll right. see, though. We shall see. That's that's why they play the game, Kyle. They sure do. Hey, we recommend they play all 17 just in case our predictions are wrong. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, rate, review to Candlestick Chronicles if you haven't. If you have, uh, tell a friend to do so. That'd be pretty cool. Shout out to Tyler, our producer, our Shout out to everything guy. Shout out Cooperage. Cooperagebrewing.com. Ship anywhere in California. They'll overnight it to you. 21 and up, beer. of course. Of course. Order some cold beer. It's delicious. Get it for Monday night. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.